You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. We're having a wonderful show this morning, and we're talking about seminaries. Yes. Are you ready over there? I'm ready. Yep, I'm all situated. <laughs> so if you've missed it, folks, we're on Facebook Live, but we're on Facebook Live through JP2? Yes. No, through John Leo Rutten. Oh, wow. If well. you want to watch by chance. Yep, John yeah. Leo Rutten is Do you have to be at. friends with so. you then? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. you can just go jump on. Okay. So, John Rutten. All yeah. Right. So that was a last-minute decision, and uh, what we're talking about is a last-minute decision, and uh, yeah, so we got got, uh, James Carroll with us. So James is uh, the Director of Discipleship and Evangelization here at St. John Paul II Parish, Uh, and we were going to talk about the canyon, which is awesome, but... Yeah, uh, something it's taking a different turn. Different today. came up. I love it. Right, and we got to follow where it goes. Which is J.P. Thornton ended up being the other guest today, and I'm always intrigued by discernment. Uh, I don't think it. There's no rule book for discernment. You know, there are some things I've learned, some tricks, but uh, both of you made a really big discernment in your life, which was to go to the seminary, hmm. and you both made, I think, an even bigger decision in your life, which was to discern out of seminary. And you can call it whatever you want. You can try and make it nice and pretty and welcoming and everything. But man, it's scary. You're going from a world that everything was certain and life was like enjoyable. And then you're like, you mean I'm supposed to leave? Now what? (laughs) Got to get a job? (laughs) Uh, And then you both have like found a path. And it was great to talk with you, JP, about how you ended up back taking this journey again. Not that you're going to be a priest, but you're back on the journey in a more certain way. James, share with us the decision and discernment that you made after leaving seminary. Well, first, how did, why'd you leave seminary? Sure. Uh, yeah, no, uh, seminary was a very blessed time for me. Um, but the Lord definitely called me out. I was, uh, on an eight day silent retreat actually. And, uh, just the beautiful um, witness of um, Our Lady throughout the Bible was a very, very uh, big aspect of why uh, the Lord was calling me out. I was realizing this beautiful um, opportunity that um, the female has like given to the world is being able to point the world to Christ. Um, and I think that's even more uh, poignant right now in the Christmas season, almost Advent, uh, in this Advent season. But Our Lady is literally the one who is pointing the world um, to, um, to Christ. And I was just being able to, to sit with that for eight solid days. And this desire just stirred in my heart and kind of took that desire with me for a few more weeks. And, uh, I was like, I think the Lord might be calling me out to discern, uh, the path to marriage. So I decided at that time with my spiritual director and, um, some of the formation staff that, to take some time out of seminary to discern marriage would be the right call. So that's kind of a little bit of how I discerned out. Um, it was a little quicker than I thought, but you never can really know what the Lord's going to do. So just got to trust. So what happened then after you did that? You have obviously found your vocation. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. You um, won't be going back to the seminary unless you're going to become Eastern Rite Catholic. Right, exactly. It's true. No, I will not be going back to the seminary. I found my beautiful wife, uh, Trisha Carroll, 
um, the light of my life, the lovers to pieces. Um, we got married uh, almost a year ago to the week, January 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. We got married last year, um, and we are expecting our Yay! first little baby this uh, next couple weeks, actually. <laughs> Who knows? Probably on our anniversary of our, our wedding. But yes, no, I am happily married, living in Sioux Falls, and working out here in Harrisburg. Wouldn't that be something if you had a baby on New Year's Eve? Wouldn't it? We'd probably win a car at the hospital. <laughs> be great. I'd be down. Get a nice tax write-off. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what sort of things, after uh, departing seminary, what sort of things did you learn that helped you in ways that now entering marriage you're more prepared for? Yeah. So in seminary, you do a lot of introspection, I think is the right word. You look at yourself. Um, some people call it navel-gazing, I suppose. Um, you're just trying to look at all the things in your life that um, you need to work on, essentially. Um, and when I left seminary, it became this more outward-turned um, aspect. Not saying I am perfect. I am far away from being perfect. But um, I've taken the opportunity to really look at the world and see what I can do for others um, throughout my time. And I think the big thing that I realized that when I realized that was when I met my wife um, and started dating her is you have to start really looking more outward than inward uh, when you're uh, discerning things. So that was one of the really big things that I learned and I continue to, to learn that throughout my marriage. I know we've only been married for a year, but you learn a lot in a year being married to somebody else. So, yeah. so uh, J.P. Thornton stayed with us and was going to be on his headset, and then he took his headset off. The headset doesn't work, right? Oh, oh. So man. I thought I thought I'd give it a hail mary, see if it works. <laughs> it didn't. It yeah. didn't work. Yeah, yeah this thought... is called unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be on again, J.P. Uh, but the reason that I was curious is, isn't it interesting? Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by one thing. Okay, uh, I love seminary. By the way, mm-hmm. I loved my seminary. There, I, I. I'd learn you don't tell seminary how to be seminary. That's the worst way to go into it. (laughs) Okay. But now that I'm not in seminary, I want to tell seminary how to be seminary. (laughs) No. Uh, And I don't know that it's the seminary, but I think it might be our disposition, the person going in, is you said when talking about seminary, all the things you need to work on. I don't know that that's how I, what God like God didn't call us into a relationship with him to say, I want you to start looking at all the things you need to work on. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know? yeah. And that we uh-huh. look at seminary and it really is sort of an experience. I think you're onto something like this navel gazing thing happens where you get really consumed in your own. Now, I suspect what has happened is as the history of the church came, there was a lot of disconnect between the integrity of the man Mm. and the thing that he was doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, hey, we need to reconnect you into this thing. You're not a functionary, but maybe we're at a place where we need to like balance it a little bit now and that it's striking. The seminary should be a place. I'm going there to discover all the ways in which God is like after me. Mm -hmm. All the ways in which I'm like, I keep trying to, do my thing and he look at what he's doing like that to me is like the what my experience of seminary was mm. was like it was uh so and then the second thing is how important it is that we are looking at the world i think mm. even the seminary and this is the this is maybe the discernment with the propedeutic year or the church is after this like how do we not create an environment where this person is formed disconnected from their wife right i mean 
the church is going to be mm-hmm. their version of your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you What would you say that you received in seminary, even not about navel gazing and things you had to work on? What did you receive of God's goodness and love and beauty that you feel like has helped you be a better husband? Mm. Yeah, that's an amazing question. Um, there are so many things while being in seminary, but I think the the one that really stuck and is helping me now is um, being able to know my uh, my worth. Um, that I am something, someone that is good, someone that is known by the Lord, uh, someone that is loved by Him. Um, if I don't know that, I'm not able to give that to anybody else, and I'm definitely not able to give that to my wife, um, because if I'm I'm questioning that constantly, how can I provide that support for my wife? Obviously, I'm not going to fill that role um, of what the Lord and how my the Lord loves my wife, but. I do have a responsibility to love her, um, to continue to help her and strive for her holiness. And so once I kind of understood that, I could better take on the role of husband, um, now father, um, hopefully, well, in a couple of weeks, you know, um, and allow that to really kind of flourish outside of myself, kind of going back to that. You look more outwards. But I think, uh, yeah, you really do have to understand that the Lord is the one who is, like, loving you. And you just can't make that all about yourself. Like, you're not going to be able to do your life really without the Lord. Because it's really hard. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do it. Really can't. Well, and I find this interesting, Father, because James was part of my parish. Mm, I was. Oh. And I sing with his mother all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, I... I don't know. I knew you in high school, didn't I? Yeah. 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 So, Mm -hmm. I feel like when we're talking about community and going to seminary and we were talking with JP, I was really thinking of James Mm. because he was a kid in my parish. He Mm -hmm. was a kid that I knew. I knew his mother and I'd been to his house and, you know, I Mm -hmm. felt like this connection with James. So whenever I would see you come home, it was so exciting. (laughs) It was just like, Oh, James is back. You know, and everybody would just freak out and like want time with James. Mm -hmm. How did you Mm -hmm. handle that? How was that for you? To all of a sudden be the center of attention when you're making such a big life decision and yeah. you have all these eyes staring at you. Right. Yeah. Christmas masses, Easter masses, <laughs> all those things. You have those like thousand people just looking at you uh, while you're holding the book for Father and he turns you around. <laughs> Welcome, James, back, everybody. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it is a lot. You really do kind of at times feel that pressure, um, especially in those bigger like limelight moments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's very helpful to know that you're supported um, throughout it all because it, seminary isn't an easy place to be. Um, it's a beautiful place to be. Um, but it is sometimes you do struggle in it and you have times where it seems like the homework will never never end or like you feel like you've already said a rosary four times today and you have to say another rosary or something like that. <laughs> but you really only said four decades of the rosary. And you're just like, okay, right, you can do it. But I think the the idea and the knowledge that you have someone and people back at your parish specifically praying for you. Because those little old ladies, man, they are prayer warriors. <laughs> and their prayers really are heard by the Lord. And it helps you get through that time. But it's beautiful just to, you know, see that community around you. Because without that community, it's it's very, very difficult. Beautiful. So. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with James Carroll uh, this morning. We're kind of talking about seminary. 
Hmm? Yeah. For this first hour. Yeah. And then our next guest is going to be Bishop Donald DeGroote. So I don't know if we're going to continue. You guys are getting sta- <laughs> up stage. Wow. All right. <laughs> Bring it on, Bishop DeGroote. <laughs> But we have to take a quick break here before, um, and we're going to come back more with you, James, so don't go anywhere. Folks, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radioland listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His Holy Family, which is the Church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self, that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. (laughs) And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We've had great conversations this morning. Uh, We've got James Carroll on. Just so you know, James, people call me Heather Carroll. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's true, right? I get it. Yeah. Hey, it's a good last name. Yeah. So, especially when I'm around Mary, they're like, oh, you're her daughter? I'm like, I wish. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. A lot of people wish they could be Mary Carol's child. She's pretty famous. We're just discussing seminaries today. And uh, James, you were in seminary. How many years were you there? Three years. Three years. So talk about what it was like to be at seminary. Yeah, seminary is a place where you, the cliche way of going to become a better man is the way I kind of describe it. But it also comes into this beautiful realization that there's this 
amazing community that helps support you throughout um, seminary. And you kind of go there and you meet all your brothers uh, at the seminary and you just walk a journey together, um, discerning what the Lord's going to do in your life. And it's definitely a, a... a rigorous environment, but it's a really amazing and fruitful environment for um, everybody who is there. So I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a place where I think a lot of guys should go and see what the Lord's doing in their heart. So that must have been a really tough decision then to leave it. Yeah, it is. Um, you do uh, get to know these guys. You make these friendships that are so um, intentional, super deep, um, and you realize like all of a sudden it's just kind of gone you know you don't have 200 guys in a house that you can like go ask anything to um or who'll support you in whatever you're doing and you're kind of just back into the world by yourself and that's Mm. really really scary um but uh you have to realize and you take that um you realize that you need that community and you need to do that in your daily life Mm. um and I think that was one of the big saving graces uh, right after I discerned out of seminary was just staying in contact with other seminarians who are still in seminary or finding those people outside of seminary. Um, I actually, you know, there's a good group of us uh, ex-seminarians in the diocese. <laughs> um, we are the discernouts, uh, <laughs> as we say. And uh, uh, JP was actually a part of it for like a year. And now he's ditching you. And now he's ditching us. Go back for the church. That's okay. Uh, we love it. But yeah, we all literally still get together. Um, and whenever we're able, uh, meet up and talk. We started this group uh, and we met weekly. There was about 12 of us, 8 of us. Well, 10, really give or take. Depends who's discerning in and who's discerning out. <laughs> um, but we'd all get together and just uh, catch up like once a week or once a month. Um, and that has just continued to grow and our friendships have blossomed um, because you've gone through this experience of you know seminary. It's a very unique experience and you're able to um, work together in that and to, to go down that same journey that you had um, undertaken in seminary now you can take that into the real world um and not the seminary not the real world but you can take it into the real world and have that support in that community uh formed there with you that's really striking because i know it's hard for men to leave the seminary and sometimes they feel really unsupported by the church Mm -hmm. and i can understand that but what strikes me is a real proper understanding of christianity isn't to expect that the church is the one that is supposed to do this, but that the need that's awakened into me is my responsibility. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. And so from that comes someone had to be the first one to say, let's get together. Yep. And cause this wasn't there when I was in seminary. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't think some vocation director told you guys, Hey, you should create a group and like mm-hmm. do this. But so when sometimes when we expect something else from someone or we're that, that tension is for us to recognize I have a responsibility. Hmm. And in many ways, it's also interesting that every place, almost almost always, anybody the, that I see growing in relationship with Christ in the church has a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody that has a really solid growth has some people that they can say are taking this journey with me. Mm-hmm. And so you have that journey. And the church really is at this place where it needs more of that. You know, you can, um, and in a way it can't be 
just top down saying, hey, create groups. Yeah. <laughs> That's not it. Yeah. But it is top down saying, hey, do you see, pointing, mm-hmm. Christ, do you see your life is more full when you're in friendship, when you're in companionship? And then for each person to take the responsibility to say, wow, I wonder what that means to me. Sure. And right. then versions of this will come up in lay people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is really, and then it's up to each person to realize, like, who is the group that orders my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's not people that are helping us grow in relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And we might be praying, 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 going to Mass, going to Mass, going to Mass, but we're missing the thing that really awakens Him in us because our whole days are spent with other people that are looking at other things. Um, or maybe those people would look at Christ, but we just haven't brought that those friendships to that place yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I'm sitting here listening uh, to both of these gentlemen speaking, and I have an 18-year-old who's in college, and I just think, I wish everybody could go to seminary of some sort, you (laughs) Mm -hmm. know? Can we all just take a pause on our lives for two years or whatever, you know, and discern life? Um, (laughs) Amen. Um, I want to be really cautious about this, (laughs) but I actually think that's why God gave us a life. Mm. We just have to choose by our will to engage mm. our life. Yep. We're the ones that are not engaging the church in the seasons of the year and the encouragement to go to Broom Tree on retreat and the encouragement to follow that friendship. Like, yeah. We don't all need to go it to all, seminary. We all need to live our life in the church yeah. as she's giving us. She's like, hey, everybody, I'm giving you a seminary. Right. It's called the church. <laughs> uh, now, do we need help living it? Yeah, every generation has needed yeah. the saints to help them more engage mm-hmm. how that happens. I think, yeah, that's a, Father, you spoke right into it. I think that's the thing like people don't realize is there, there is a seminary already for the lay, lay people. It's the church. Like, they're here. You need that community, and the church provides that community. There's like a thousand people at your church. <laughs> like, go talk to them. Like, have an opportunity to really interact with them and to ask them like hey how's your day like what did you guys do this weekend these questions are so simple but so many people are so scared to like ask these questions it's not like a pet peeve of mine or anything but i just (laughs) really think people should be able to talk to each other and like when i work here that's one of my big goals is like to just get people to talk to each other we had this our religious ed uh you know end of year end of semester class and i was like parents i need you to talk to each other so we literally made like an activity for the parents and the kids to come together and just talk to one another and people stayed for over an hour yeah. and just talked with one another after like they finished their questions that i forced them you know <laughs> to talk about but they have the that friendship and they are the ones who really do need to to grab on to it and just run with it. Yes. Because that's what we did with our discern out group, you know? We all text each other. It's like, so you're here for Christmas. Uh, uh, Want to get like a beer or something? You know, I don't know if I can promote drinking on here, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just go and hang out and have an intentional conversation with one another. And, and, and what I would say is on the other end, I know the fear it is when you don't know how to do this. Yeah. Like most people I don't think don't want a deeper relationship. They're like, well, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of methods, a lot of voices, a lot of, you know, do more, 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 pray, 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 you know. Um, so I think we're in a period of time in the church where this is all being sifted out. Mm-hmm. And what I would encourage people to do is, number one, pay attention to your desire. If you're like, 
Joe and Jane Catholic sitting in the pew and like are awakened by something. Maybe you're listening to this and you're surprised, or maybe you know somebody that's not even listening. Number one, pay attention to your desire. God is present in that. And number two, pay attention to people who have what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pay yeah. attention to them. You know, you don't have to like set up tea with them right away, <laughs> uh, but like pay attention to them. What are they doing? Where are they going? Maybe you should ask them for their phone number to get together, or maybe their kids, you know, pay attention to the people that have what you want. Mm. I think those are two things that can help you take those next steps and then just trust that somehow in that more will be revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a frightening place to be like, I I had this great experience. I went to, uh, uh, where was I? I was, we were singing and, um, oh, I went to a Christmas concert and, you know, they have you stand up and sing. Oh. You know, at these Christmas uh-huh. concerts. The yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I was in the back row. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we had to start singing. And nobody was on my right. I only had one person on my left. And nobody was behind me. And all of a sudden, I felt the, like, tension of everybody in our parish who doesn't sing that I just am always like, would you please sing? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know why they don't sing. Because right now, but what helps somebody sing who maybe doesn't normally do it or doesn't sing well? When someone next to them is singing, mm-hmm. someone pay attention, draw close to somebody who is living what you want. And over time, it will grow within you and confidence will come. And soon you'll be a part of the music. That's what your right. mom used to do with me. Oh, yeah. She used to drag you out to sing with me. It's true. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. So you, this is like a little reunion. It is a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> It's, it is really, truly an opportunity in that to, you know, I was in charge of a lot of the music at the seminary when I was there. And mm. you do just have to kind of like, <laughs> you just kind of have to get them to get comfortable with it and just sit there and sing with them. I gave lessons, voice lessons to some of the guys in the seminary too. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sing it with you. And then you're going to sing it by yourself. They get comfortable the first time of us singing it together, and then they can just blast it, and they're super mm-hmm. great the next time by themselves. So, it is it is an opportunity to to really be united in that community, but you got to trust <laughs> that you can do it. <laughs> so, Amen. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this morning. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Any last thoughts before we let you go? Any last thoughts for our communities when the seminarian comes back home? How about that? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I think the biggest thing that you can do is uh, allow them to know that they are being prayed for. um, And they do have an infinite, or not an infinite amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they would love to come and to be with all of you people. But at the same time, just allow them to realize, hey, this is some family time too. Just say some prayers for them. Well, J.P. Thornton and James Carroll, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a quick break, folks. When we come back, Bishop Donald DeGroote, stay with us.